Welcome to the Kevin and Fred Show. I am your host, Kevin Kaufman, and along with my business partner and co-founder, Fred Weaver, we bring to you our podcast, The Kevin and Fred Show, where once a week we bring to you a expert interview every single Monday. We interview one of the brightest and best in the world, usually in, in the real estate space, sometimes in technology, sometimes in entrepreneurship, sometimes just in forward thinking. The things that are going to help us learn to move forward are the things that we're interested in bringing to you on this podcast, so we don't keep it limited to just us real estate agents. And I think you'll find that really valuable if you've been listening or if you're a new listener, all in the same. We also bring you once a week something we call industry headlines, which is a look at what is going on in the real estate world, what's happening in the mortgage space, what's happening in the technology space. Bring that to you in a short form, 10, 15 minute podcast at the most once a week on Wednesdays. We're also a proud member of the industry syndicate family of real estate and mortgage podcast. Check out that app in the app store. Again, that's industry syndicate. And if you would, please do us a favor. Please, please, please leave us a review, download, subscribe, share an episode with a friend. We would love it. There is no better way to say thank you, except for maybe a real estate referral because we are, after all, real estate agents and we love real estate referrals. We're based in the Phoenix area and would love to hear from you. Thank you for tuning in to the Kevin and Fred show. Hey guys, Kevin here. I am excited about today's episode. It's a bit of a special release. My friend Ben Kenny and I put on a webinar last month in the Facebook group Next Level Agents that I run. And Ben brought a ton of value, a ton of good thoughts and ideas. And so I decided to go ahead and release this as a podcast episode. So not your typical where I'm getting to interview someone and really kind of put them on the spot. This is more of Ben just teaching and doing his thing, which he does oh so well. So there's going to be some times where it doesn't quite make sense because we'll be talking about something on screen. You can catch this video on our YouTube channel, Kevin and Fred TV on YouTube, Kevin and Fred TV, uh, if you'd like to see some of those visuals. But uh, if you're just going to go ahead and listen to it, I think you'll enjoy it anyways. So I'll stop now, and I hope you enjoy this episode. All right, Ben. So let's do this because you and I were talking offline. I know you've got a lot of cool stuff to share today. I'm actually really excited about this. Um, when you and I first started talking about doing something here for the NLA community, what we talked about was kind of in the business planning um, phase of just where people are at mentally this time of year, right? But then you and I have had an evolved conversation around that here recently around what, what should this conversation really be about? And as opposed to kind of like your boring, I'm going to call it boring sort of business planning that, listen, we should all be doing and, and it has its place. Um, we talked about like, let's go have a different conversation. And so I'm excited for that. Um, and I'm excited to, to dive in. And so let's, uh, let's just do that right now. So Ben, for, for like this one person that does not know Ben Kenny, um, Ben, how many houses, just give me an idea, the Ben Kenny team, not brokerages, but the Ben Kenny teams, give me an idea of what you think uh, you guys are going to close out 2020 at year, either units, commission, just maybe even both volume. Uh, yeah, we, we changed the name of it because it turns out nobody cared about Ben Kenny. Um, so we I, changed, I we changed the name of our uh, sales teams to place, um, but uh, I've been a 17 year uh, real estate agent for now, Kevin, and, and building this really big team. And now we're a team that sells in multiple markets. So uh, quick stats, we've done 5,085 transactions so far this year, 1.878 billion in volume and 50 million in commission. Um, okay, so that's, that's a lot. Can we all agree? What was the commission income this year? Did you say 50? 50 million. And we've averaged 25% profit across all locations. So um, it's a solid, profitable, good cash flow business too. Okay. So for the listener and the viewer here, will you guys do something for me right now? Just go with me. Let's, I don't, I almost never do this, but I know that Ben's being honest about the percent profit and $50 million in income is a big number, no matter who you are. So when I factor those two things in for me, I go, okay, instant validity guy knows what he's doing when it comes to running uh, a business, right? He understands the real estate business at a high level. He understands business at a high level. And so let's give, I'm going to, what I want to do is I'm dude, I just want to give you the leeway here. 
um, to go, I'm going to, I'm going to assume everything is correct. Uh, because I know that it is with you. I've known you for so long. You've been such a good friend and mentor to me and always been willing to share some of your models, your systems. You and I were actually talking about that thing. Like you, you explained to me every single, the way you look at your business is every part of your business and every business that you own starts with a model. Can you, can we just kind of dive in there? Do you tell me what do you, what do you mean by that? And then let's like dovetail down. Yeah, I think, you know, the awkward thing of sharing those numbers, and I've never shared those numbers publicly, by the way, um, two things. The only thing that matters to me is the profit of my business, because that's what I can buy cheeseburgers with. And I love cheeseburgers and I can't buy cheeseburgers with listings or pendings or market share or rankings and that kind of stuff. And my partners and my agents, they only buy cheeseburgers and pay for retirement, buy houses with the net income that we make. And that's what I focus on uh, is how do we maximize profit so that my people and my agents and my staff can build a life worth living. What's interesting though, is there's not much difference between when I was selling 100 or 200 homes a year to what I'm doing now. I'm just doing it with more people in more locations and I'm following a model or a system. A really long time ago, I read one of the 474 different books that John Maxwell wrote, all that start with the 474 different laws of leadership conversations. And one of the things that uh, John said, he said that systems make the ordinary extraordinary. And uh, I'm kind of a hillbilly guy from middle of nowhere, Washington, and uh, I obviously can't can't tan and I have a, um, a poor metabolism and I, there's all these other things. I, I was a cable guy. I'm kind of a regular guy. And today's call, I don't want to impress anybody. I, I don't, I don't want you to um, feel any other way other than empowered to do what I've done at whatever level you want, bigger than me or less than me implement things. So John Maxwell said systems make the ordinary extraordinary. One of the questions that Kevin and I talked about, are what are the systems, technologies, models, plans, scripts that are holding you back from having the best year ever in, in 2021? And somebody earlier today asked me a question, what's the scariest thing in your world, Ben? And I said, here's the honest, honest answer. The scariest thing that I have to think about is uh, waking up in five years and with all the hard work and all the hours that I put in, being in the same position. It's not where you're at today. The world's crazy today and, and we all have problems today, but that isn't the scariest thing. The scariest thing is waking up in five years, Kevin, and realizing that none of this shit has changed. We're still in the same, same bad relationships with employees or friends. We still have the same health problems. We still have the same finance problems. Our business hasn't grown. Nothing in our world has changed. So what I want to do is I want to create models for all areas of my life so that in five years, when Kevin and I are hanging out, we look at each other and say, you know what, man, look at the things that have changed in our life. I'm so much happier right now because of these things. Yeah. You know, that you, when you say that, dude, it makes me think of the quote, uh, and I really have no idea who said it first, um, but I heard it again recently, which is like, effectively, one of the definitions of hell is on the day you die, meeting the person you could have been meeting the person who you had the potential to be and then realizing that was you. And that's actually uh, one person's definition of hell. And that's, you just instantly brought me to that. And so I don't know if that's close to what you're saying, but that's where I connect to that. Yeah. Isn't that, isn't that, that's a powerful statement, Kevin. Uh, isn't unrealized potential. One of the things that breaks your heart the most about your kids or your friends or your employees, or your agents or, or people out there that you just see so much more in them that they, that they don't take advantage of. And it's it scares the shit out of me. Yeah. And why are we not living up to our, to our potential? I have so much to offer to the world. Why can't I offer to the world? Well, it's because my health isn't figured out or it's because my relationships are shit or because I can't get my finances in order. Or my businesses has these ups and downs or these roller coasters, all these things that hold us back from our potential, most of which are self-caused by us not putting models and systems uh, into place. Yeah, okay, I can see that. And I, I'm definitely tracking with you. So when, so you, so what I'm hearing you say is you feel like this is, this is a model and system, I guess, problem for lack of a better word. That's how you see it. Did you watch uh, the movie Founder? Yes. One of my, one of my favorite movies and uh, 
I love the story of McDonald's. There's a few interesting stories around McDonald's. You should all go and Google a guy named Dan Fujita. Uh, Den Fujita was the person that took uh, McDonald's into Japan and the story of how he did it is pretty phenomenal. But Ray Kroc, kind of the guy that you would think about as, as the founder of McDonald's, uh, he wasn't, right? There, there's Maurice and his brother Richard, I think, founded McDonald's in Southern California, and they figured out a few great things, but they didn't turn it into anything worth value, anything massive, right? They had a decent little business, but it was Ray Kroc that saw that as an opportunity and saw that the systems that they had created could potentially scale. And then Ray Kroc added, added to that. And he went out there and expanded McDonald's to be one of the most valuable companies in the world. McDonald's, by the way, doesn't make the best cheeseburger because I'm a cheeseburger expert uh, connoisseur, so to speak, but it's the most consistent cheeseburger. You get the same cheeseburger if you're in Turkey or Iran or China or uh, Australia or England or, United States, it's, it's the same cheeseburger. They created consistency to where their franchises probably have the highest profit per franchise of any other restaurant related franchise that's out there consistently because they created a model and a system for it. So I think that uh, that is a, a good subject for us to talk about. So maybe those of you that are live on the call with us, uh, can we ask you a question and type in the chat, what is the model or system that you need to make next year the best. And then maybe Kevin and I, we can address some of those models and systems that you all would lead if you guys are, are willing to type that into chat and we can talk about it a little bit. Awesome, so what is the model or system that that effectively, say that again for me, it's what is the model or system that you need to, to change things for you in 2021? Yeah, to hit your goals in, in 2020. Let, let me give you an example. Uh, can I can I share my screen for one second? I'm just gonna, we're yeah, gonna go for it. out of this. I don't really wanna do like a webinar call. Uh, so let's, let's share this real quick. So here, for instance, uh, you gotta have a lead gen model. A lead gen model is where are you gonna get your business in 2021? If you don't have that, then you are just gonna accept whatever business comes into you automatically and you're gonna deal with whatever results end up happening. It's not a consistent business. One of the worst things that you can do is build your entire business on, on one, as we would call it, little piece of the pie. And then that pie goes away. Like I'm gonna build all my whole business off Craigslist posts. And then all of a sudden Craigslist changes their algorithm and you can't do it. Or I'm gonna do it all off searching optimization. I'm gonna do it all off canceled expires or REOs or short sales, Kevin, or like any of these things. And then the market changes and that business crumbles or falls apart and you gotta rebuild. It'd be much better if we were building a stool that had four or five legs to it. So in my business, this is, this is a, a, an actual presentation that I use to train my actual sales agents. So you'll see some of the slides have, have a place on it because that's the name of our sales team. Uh, this is our, our agent business model. Where do they get their business from? Number one, uh, their sphere. So on day one, when they join our sales team, they have to show up with 200 people in a spreadsheet with at least one way to contact them so that I can import their database into our Brevity CRM and then they can follow our sphere model. They gotta agree to do two open houses a week and they gotta use our open house scripts and our open house model. And then they prospect. So they're gonna follow our FISMA model or our cancel expired or our door knocking model or whatever. They gotta work our internet leads. And if any of you have ever heard of the 10 days of pain, you, maybe you didn't even know where that came from, but it was something that I created 10 plus years ago to make sure that all my agents followed up with the leads in the way that I needed in order to get my return on the investment I made in generating internet leads. So they got to follow the internet lead gen model and our lead conversion model, listing leads, and then that's leads from listings. And then the last is other, that's everything else you hear anybody else talking about that's cool, sexy, farming, postcards, radio, TV, uh, short sales, REO, new constructions, everything else. But here's what I found, over 5,000 transactions this year 80% of our business came from those first five pieces of pie. So if that's the case, do you have a model for yourself or for your team on what you're gonna to do to maximize the business you can generate from your sphere, open houses, prospecting, internet leads, or, or get generating more leads from your listing? If you do, you probably have a plan. Now you're gonna to have to make sure that your team members follow that plan. So that's an example of, of one model that pops into my head. That's wow. First of all, like that right there was just a masterclass on 
simplicity and and models right there. I think there's a lot that goes into a couple people typed in right right away. Lead gen model was the model that came to mind for them, uh, which you obviously just eloquently shared. Uh, so we know that that's that's something. Um, if we don't have anybody else type in here, I'm going to check the Facebook live stream too, just to see if there's anybody there. Well, funny, uh, Bree typed in agents getting agents on the team, getting them in and staying in the production. Well, isn't the secret to doing that, giving them a plan on what to do with their activities every single day, their lead gen plan for the day, and then inspecting what we expect and making them do those, those specific tasks. So as you're checking that, Kevin, here'd be an example. If you wanted to look at cultures over time, one of the number one things that creates a unique culture is the language. And then inside that, in addition, there's these, these cultural habits or these cultural things that happen. We have Thanksgiving here in the US. We have, well, whatever those might, those are all cultural events, whatever. But we put a name to it, a language. So when I built my business, I put a, a, a name to everything. The, the lead conversion plan is the 10 days of pain. The sphere plan is what I call the sphering year. And you and I could spend an hour sometime if you wanted teaching people how to work their sphere better. But the sphering year plan is simple. I teach my agents to call everybody in their database that they know and would know them by name once a month. I teach them to send two specific types of mail every month to people that provide value to those people, not spammy, crappy junk uh, emails. I teach them to send one piece of mail so they, they see them physically in their mailbox. I teach them to touch everybody one time a month on social media. And I teach them to get face-to-face -face with the, their database three times a year. When you add all those up, that's 63 touches. That's a lot of touches. You haven't seen that many touches since the Michael Jackson videos in the 90s. Like that, that is a lot of communicating with your database. And what I found is that when any agent does that with 200 people in their database, they'll generate 18 to 24 transactions a year in either sphere referrals or sphere direct business. So that's the first thing. You got to have a model or a system for each, each, each piece of this pie that we're showing today. So that's, first of all, like, God, 18 minutes in, we got our money's worth. Like, I'm just going to say that. Um, but so let me go into this couple. So you, someone asked lead gen follow-up. Um, Susie asked about paying attention to, to profit and loss. So I'm going to call that a money model because her question is actually similar to mine. I was going to say wealth model. Um, but if we could maybe combine the two or, or if they need to be separate, that's fine. Um, another question we got was an agent train, basically, how do I train my agents? What's the model for training? Um, and anything at all like that, does any of those jump out as like models to, to dig into real quick, Ben? Yeah, actually we can, we can touch on a, on a whole bunch of them. Uh, let's think about Jen. I feel the same way. Uh, thank you, Jen. That was very kind. Let's talk about profitability and, um, I'm going to share uh, I'm not going to tell you who, but I'm going to share the numbers of one of my top sales teams because I think it's really important. So this sales team joined me about um, midway through 2017. So she's been with me uh, a little about three and a half years. Okay. When she joined me, she had done about 300000 in commission with an admin and a showing agent uh, prior to joining. So far this year, she has done 2.5 million in uh, commission, including November's production. Uh, so we don't have December. So she's gonna land somewhere 2.7 million in commission. So think about that GCI number being 100%. That's 100% of the total revenue that's available. Well, the first thing that you subtract to figure out the profitability of your real estate business is uh, what we call uh, cost of goods sold or how much we pay our agents. So if, you're, if your business is on a 50-50 split with your sales agents, right off the bat, if you aren't doing any personal production and you don't have any other deals with listing agents or you don't have any agents that get paid more, 50% of that, of that business goes away into an expense we call cost of goods sold. So right away, this person can only make a 50% profit if they had zero expenses. So in this particular location's situation, she gives up 54% of her income 
to her agent because of sphere uh, referrals, agent personal deals, 50-50 uh, splits, all that kind of stuff. So right away, 54% of her GCI goes away in expenses. So the next thing that you subtract, which for her was 1.162 million she was left with. Is that right? Yeah. Her expenses were 13%. So let's do some math right here. I'll, I'll tell you how that works. Um, she had 45.74% left over after she paid her agents from her total $2.7 million. Okay. She subtracts 13.64%, which was how much it cost her to hire her staff, pay her admin, virtual assistants, lead gen, technology, sign installations, office space, rent, all the expenses for the business, everything. That leaves her with a total profit of 32.1%. Those are the only two expenses in a real estate business is your total expenses and your cost of goods sold what you pay your agents. So if you overpay your agents, they get too much, right? You're not gonna have much profit left. Or if you uh, have too much expenses, you're gonna, aren't gonna have any profit left. You have to control both of those. So at the end of the day, this particular person so far from January to through November, she has 800, 800 and something thousand in profit uh, from her business. Plus she gets half of her own personal production. So she'll sell another uh, couple hundred thousand. She gets those, her 50% of any deals that she did. So she basically built a million dollar uh, income business in four years looking at those numbers. So as you're thinking about this in your own business, what I want you to do, if you're an individual agent, uh, you can look at your net income in two ways. One, you just subtract your expenses and everything that's left over is your profit. That's kind of a simple way to do it. But if you ever plan to hire an agent in the future, what I would do is I would pay myself half of the commission as my personal salary of whatever deals I did. And then I would subtract my expenses from what was left over and whatever was left over would be my profit. Too many agents include their personal production when they're looking at profit. And I think it fudges it and it doesn't allow you to actually grow your business to the next level. So I hope that kind of gave you a glimpse of what profitability in a real estate sales team could look like or some steps that you could do in your, in your business. It's probably a little confusing. It's probably better with visuals. Um, so I apologize for that. I know, dude, I, I think you nailed that. I was, I was having this conversation yesterday with, a, with somebody who runs a really big, organization and and I, I think you nailed it like um not having that clear grip on the on the profitability of what the business really is um is to me so costly it just creates blinders that allow you to cheat like to think that you're doing better than you really are and it's it's not it's not right wrong or bad however it is a disadvantage to you whether you realize it or not and I think it's really important to understand one of the, for, for what it's worth, um, I, I know we do this different than you, but one of the things that Fred and I started doing, I don't know, five years ago, four and a half, five years ago was literally reviewing every single penny that we spend on a weekly basis. So every penny that goes out, like it's accounted for. And we actually review it long before the bookkeepers get to it. Um, because we want to know in real time, like, is there something that we're spending on here? Like, are we being drunk sailors and don't even know about it? Are we not being honest and true to ourselves about the way we think our business is? And when you do that, I believe it gives you the opportunity to have real clarity on what you can and can't do. And to, to your point, whether you're scaling it, you want to be able to, to grow the business. Maybe you just want to put more money in your pocket, whatever, whatever that looks like. I think having that real, true, open, honest dialogue with yourself about the numbers is so vital. Yeah, I think somebody smarter than me said once, sometimes you're losing so slowly, you think you're winning. Ooh. You're getting a lot of closings, you're making a lot of gross income, you feel like you're ahead, but at the end of the year, your accountant comes back and said, hey, this is how much you made. You're like, gosh, I thought I made so much more. I thought I was so much further ahead, but sometimes you're losing so slowly, you actually think you're, you think you're winning. Another model that, um, that I implemented is would be a valuable thing for me to share with you guys, Kevin. Uh, you know this model actually, because um, you run it and, and we've talked about it many times, but 
this would be very valuable for individual agents that are thinking about how do I move from being an employee of my own business, basically, to owning a business. And that's through adding and implementing leverage. Uh, or for people that run teams, how do they retain the top talent? And the way that, that we've structured that is we have what we call a leverage model. Once again, I put a name to it, right? And there's a drawing around it and there's a plan for it. So I'll share with you all the leverage model real quick. And then Kevin, you and I can talk about each one of these levels because I think it's applicable if you're an individual agent out there and you want to transition into start building a business and, and having somewhat of a team or whatever you want to call it. Or if you have a team and you want to create an opportunity where your agents uh, no longer uh, have to leave to accomplish their goals. So we call this the leverage model. And it's very simple. But if, if you join my sales team and you do one or two transactions a month, you get to do what I call stay. <laughs> you get to stay in business with us and I get to stay in business with you. If you're not doing that, you're probably not making enough money. You're probably not accomplishing your goals or taking care of your family. Uh, but if you are, then you'd be a welcome asset to our, our business and our world. And I, and I love to stay in business with you. So as agents are doing that, that's awesome. And they get the leverage of my team and our transaction coordinators and the technology and the leads we give them and the training and the coaching. And they get all this kind of leverage from the team. But as they start to grow, they're going to get to the next level. And the next level is where you're closing three or four transactions a month. But you start running into a ceiling because you actually run out of, of the total number of available hours in the, in the day or in the week or in the month. Well, you know, the, the average brand new agent in real estate sells three homes the first year. If you're doing better than that, it's your first year, you killed it, right? The average agent with 10 years experience uh, in the industry sells about 12 homes a year. We're asking you if you join our sales team, Kevin's sales team and Fred's sales team, mine, whoever else is on the call, we're asking you to outperform the average agent with 10 years experience your first year. And it's very possible you can do two or three transactions a month. In fact, our number one rookie of the year was Gail, uh, who's a grandma, I call her grandma Gail because she's Bob Stewart's mom. She did 79 transactions her first year on our sales team. She's an anomaly, she's a freak, but she figured it out, right? But we all run into the ceiling. And for me, it was two transactions a month. For a lot of agents, it's three or four transactions a month because they have all the new leverage that our team provides. So at that point, if you're an individual agent, you got to add a piece of leverage. And that would either be an admin or a uh, showing agent. If you're on our sales team, we already have TCs and admin available for you. So you don't need to add that right away. What you need to add is a showing agent. So we encourage our agents that are consistently closing three or four transactions a month to bring in a showing agent and have the showing agents do a big aspect of the job, showings, inspections, appraisals, all that kind of stuff. And that allows the, the primary agent, the sales agent, to focus on getting more buyers and more buyer consults or to generating listings for themselves. What we found, Melina, Tamara, some of our top people that implemented a showing agent, they went from selling 30 to 40 homes a year to selling 60 to 80 a year within 12 to 18 months. So their business went up to the next level. So level three for us is if an agent's consistently closing five or six a month, I'll pay for one half of an admin for an agent on my team. That could be a VA. Kevin, we, we own a company called Brivity VA, so they could get half of a VA from, from our company and, and uh, they get a full VA, I'll pay for half, or they can get a half-time VA. I was gonna say, do you half. chop them in half? Like it's right? just like top They can half, get a part-time assistant. They can get a full-time assistant. Either way, the company will pay for half of it. So look at this, like you're on our sales team, you're closing five or six deals a month. You now have a team within my team. You have your showing agent and you have your own admin that can do whatever you want. It's your business. Now you would assume if somebody had 80 extra hours a week to work, their business would increase the next year. So the next level is they get to uh, eight deals a month and they can add another showing agent, another admin, an ISA, whatever. And the final level is hundred deals in a year. And if they're doing hundred deals, they earn the right to be a partner with me. That could be invest in real estate. That could be uh, start a new sales team with us that could be invest in other opportunities, go teach or coach or train other stuff for us. Can, so that's our, our leverage or our leverage model, Kevin. One thing I want to point out, or really not even point out, but ask, um, let me put it that way. When you, they're like levels two and three, which two on that, on that model you just showed me was showing assistant three was admin. Um, if I'm a solo agent and not an already an agent in your organization, do I just reverse those two? Or is it still, or in your mind, is that model still showing assistant then admin? 
here's the, here's the thing for me. I was really slow at entering stuff in the MLS, making flyers, uh, uh, doing listing paperwork. I, I'm really horrible. I can't type and I can't spell for shit. So I have like all these problems. So for me, it was hiring an assistant. But if I was spending most of my time driving buyers around and sitting in inspections and appraisals, and I really wanted to increase my income, I would probably bring in a showing agent. So that's, that's for somebody who's an individual agent for you to decide. The thing you're basing it on is how do I increase my hourly rate? If I could get a tattoo right now to cover up my super paleness right here, I would, I would have it say, I care about my hourly rate. Right? And then every time a seller said, hey, will you reduce your commission? I'd say, hell no, look at this. I care about my hourly rate. It's tattooed right here on my arm, ladies and gentlemen, in my translucent uh, skin right here. It's tattooed. really nice translucent skin though, Ben. Like yeah, for sure. It's soft, it's baby soft. That's what I like about it. It is, it is for sure baby soft. Let me, let me show you this, Kevin. I think this is uh, an interesting model for me to show you all. Look at this. I think it really explains the issue for individual agents and agents on teams, uh, how they get paid. So in a normal buyer transaction, here's my estimate. And Kevin, tell me if you think I'm right or wrong. I, I, don't, I don't know. It takes three hours to generate a good buyer console. If you really work three hours working leads, making phone calls, maybe it takes three hours to get that buyer appointment. You do an hour of a buyer consult you spend 10 hours showing, maybe that's two or three times out showing people properties. You look at, you know, five, 10 different properties. You do, you spend an hour in negotiating, writing offers, doing that kind of stuff. You spend four hours at inspections or appraisals or shuffling paperwork or dealing with lenders, all that kind of stuff. And you go to the closing table, you give them the keys, you high five, you ask for referrals. Let's say in a normal transaction, it takes 20 hours. Now, some of you might say, I don't show them that many hours and it takes me longer to do the buyer console or I need to lead generate for six hours to do that. It doesn't matter. Here's my guess. This is, it takes 20 hours. Because of that, and agents waste half of their time every day, right? That means that the best agents do one transaction per week or three or four transactions a month because they simply run out of time because they spend half of their time on freaking webinars with us and, and going to office meetings and, and doing all that other BS, right? So they run into this problem. It's not a bad income though, because if you were to take the average commission uh, in, in America, let's say $9,000, and you're an agent on a sales team, and you divide that $9,000, because you're on a 50-50 split, Kevin, you divide that $9,000 in half, because you have 4,500 left if you're on the sales team, and you divide that by the 20 hours, they're making $225 an hour. That's pretty good. I got a lot of friends in the world that are doctors digging ditches, uh, chiropractors, whatever, that aren't making $225 an hour. But if you go back and you said, what would it happen if I divided up my job and I gave part of it to a showing agent and I kept the other part that was really important? How would you divide it? So here's what I wrote up for our team is I would, as an agent, I would do my lead generation. I would do my buyer consult. I'd have my showing agent show I would do my own offer negotiations because that's where things fall apart. I would do my inspections and my appraisals and I would, I would maybe go to closing. So when you add that up, the showing agent is doing 15 hours of the work and I'm doing uh, five. When you look at the economics of that, as the buyer's agent, you're no longer making $225 an hour, you're making 630 an hour and your showing agent is making 90. That's a really good income. So what people have to understand is your goal is to increase your hourly rate by understanding the difference between leverage and luxury. Leverage is when you hire somebody to do something. And with that newfound time, you do something at a higher dollarly uh, hourly rate, uh, more productive. Luxury is when you hire somebody to do something and you watch Tiger King and the Queen's Gambit and a couple of other great shows on Netflix and you don't do anything with that newfound time. Why? Can I ask you like, like a side here? Um, why do you believe that some folks will, will hear that and they'll go, okay, yeah, it's 650 bucks per hour. Anybody can, anybody, like you don't even need a calculator to know 650 per hour is better than 225 per hour, right? Why do, why do you believe most people will focus on the, a lot of people, maybe not even most, will, will focus on the percentage of the overall single commission versus the, what you eloquently described as your, you know, your income per hour, your, your revenue per hour. Yeah. I don't know. It's always baffled me because 
I've talked to people for years that say, I don't want to, I don't want to come, come work on your sales team then because then I would only get 50% of the commission. I was like, yeah, well, you're getting hundred percent of almost nothing right now working on your own. Like I am pretty sure that if you could work less hours and make more money at the end of the year, you'd be happier. You'd be in a better position. You can take care of your family, but they don't take the time to slow down and understand what you're really offering. I come work for you, Kevin, for 15% of your commission. I can work for you for 1% of your commission, as long as the denominator is big enough, right? I, I'm, a, I'm a mathematics, logical-based guy. And what I really want to do is I want to increase my hourly rate and live a really amazing life. It's a great point. I think a, I, I know a lot of agents struggle with the thought of that. Um, and so I wanted to ask that. Uh, I, I, I totally agree with Gail, uh, by the way, the all-star just chimed in because most people worry about gross pay and they don't care about their net. Gail, I, I, I totally agree with you. Um, I feel like gross, especially in our industry, is what is put up in lights. It's what's on stage. It's probably, dude, it's why you didn't, you said you never shared some of those numbers you shared at the beginning of it, because you like some of that, it just, it really doesn't matter. It's for you. It's the dollar per hour. It's my rate per hour. And uh, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, profit is key. If we're not making a profit, why bother? But I think, I think our industry for whatever reason, and maybe it's not our industry, just lends itself to folks being more attached to that top line number, that gross number, that split, if you will, versus the, how much money am I actually making per hour? Yeah. What we really time. care about is value. Same with sellers. Sellers don't want to pay less. They, they want to get a higher value. They want to net more from their home sale, right? Same with their agents. Agents don't really care what the split is. They want to make more money per hour. If you can slow them down and get them to see that that's the reality of the situation. Now, most individual agents that are out there, they pay 30% to the brokerage, they hire a coach, they buy some technology, they buy leads, they pay for TCs, they get a, a, a lockbox, they get signs, they get flyers, they create a logo, they do all that kind of stuff, they spend all that stuff. They're spending 70, 80% of their GCI already. They're already on a 20-80 split. So if they came and worked with me on a sales team, they'd be getting a 30% raise. That's freaking awesome, right? Because most of us spend all that money anyway. So helping people focus on the net income is one of the real secrets. Yeah, I was going to say, and what, the thing I want to say to the folks who are either kind of at the early stages of building their team, uh, who are, or are already kind of down that path, if you find yourself struggling with, yeah, but they just don't see it, they just don't see it. Okay, that's true. And for, for a second, this is, and I'm sharing my journey. Um, and a lot of that was because Ben helped me along the way uh, over, over the last 10 years was I had, I realized that meant I was doing a poor job of conveying the value that we can bring probably because I couldn't as eloquently as Ben just did show them a model, the, the system and the plan for it. Right. And whereas Ben just laid that out, all of us, Jen mentioned 15 minutes in, we both could have left this webinar and had our value for the day. Um, because I, I believe Ben understands it at a high level, which is why I constantly ask him these questions. Um, so he can explain it so simply. And I think for a lot of us, we just, we get stuck. I got stuck still to a degree do get stuck up in my head around some of these things that just because I don't understand it well enough, or I'm not communicating it well enough uh, for that person to, to see, if you will. And some people just never will see, and that's totally okay. That's actually part of the process, right? Yeah. Yeah. You can't marry everybody. you dated. Yeah. I mean, you, I think there's some, there's definitely some cities where they allow that, but like, that's a different show. And yeah. I think that's on like A&E or something. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely a different show. It's a totally different show. So the first model that we shared, Kevin, was about how do you get agents into production? The second model that I shared was how do you increase your hourly rate personally, or how do you retain your agents by allowing them to have a, a team within a team? I, I got a couple other like simple models I can give people a glimpse on if you, if you want to. Heck yeah, dude. We got 20 minutes. Share as much as you can. Okay. So um, once again, this one has a name. It has a different name. It's called the opportunity model. So people want the ability to increase their income, but they also want opportunities. So I created an opportunity model for my sales team. And uh, whatever I'm sharing, I mean, you guys can take the same names. You can rename it. You can steal what I'm doing. Like that's the goal of sharing with people is to empower you all to implement these things in your own business. So don't worry about uh, me for any of that. You can call it the 11 days of pain if you want. And you could call it the sphere and something. It's, something else. I don't care. Just take these things and implement it and make it your business. So 
Kevin, I, I wanted to solve um, uh, a bigger problem in my business last year. I wanted to create a place, notice the name, <laughs> where, where agents would never have to leave. And the only reason that they would stay would be they were accomplishing their goals. They felt like there was opportunity and they're a part of something bigger. And so this is the opportunity model that I created for agents uh, that join our sales team. And every one of you, I think, should create an opportunity model for your sales team. And it can look like mine if you want, or it can uh, be your own. But here's what we did. A couple, a couple of things that I think people really got excited about. One, we created levels. Like everybody comes in and says, hey, I want an opportunity. I want a bigger opportunity. Or can you give me this deal or whatever? I don't like that. You end up with a bunch of special deals. I'd rather every, you go and say, here's the opportunity for everybody. And once you hit this level, you get a new opportunity. And if you're happy with that, great. But if you want a bigger opportunity, you got to get to the next level. So I created two things. One, titles at each level. And two, production minimums that unlock the benefits at each level. So the first 12 units you do on our sales teams, uh, you're, you're what we call an agent. You get access to our tools, training, coaching, lead gen, all that kind of stuff, but you're just an agent. But once you've closed 12 transactions and as an agent of one of our sales teams, you get the title of an associate. You get the new place business cards. It says, says associate on there, right? And it unlocks a new level of benefits. Here would be an example. They get financial planning for free every year to help them figure out their retirement and their financial goals. They get access to revenue share. So if they recruit any agent, any one of our sales teams anywhere in the U.S. and Canada, they get access to, to generate revenue. And uh, Kevin, thank you for, 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 for helping me think about that as a, a, a real great retention and, and model. I, I give you that credit. Uh, the next level is they've closed 25 transactions in a year. And to me, that's an agent I really want to stay in the business with. And what I did was uh, I said at this level, uh, we'll pay for your health care for the following year. So if you close 25 transactions in 2020, we're going to cover the majority of the cost of your health care in 2021. We cover 85% of somebody's cost. And this isn't like cheap BS uh, health care. It's not a group buy-in program. Like this is employee uh, health care with low deductibles, coverage on everything, uh, kind of insurance you would get if you worked at Amazon or Microsoft or Boeing. And because it's an employee-based plan, they can't be denied healthcare if they have a pre-existing condition, like their spouse got cancer, their kids had cancer, they had a heart surgery or something else that would make health insurance cost prohibitive. Uh, they have to be allowed into our program. And that was really important because I wanted to protect our people and their families if they ever got sick or run into problems. Next level is senior partner that unlocks their ability to coach, train, make other types of investments in our, in our piece. Managing partner, that's where most sales teams join place. They're already doing 100 transactions or a million a year, and they get to share in profit of that location. And then equity partner is, is they actually earn ownership in things and things and have bigger assets. The actual items of each of these buckets are as important as, important as giving people the opportunity to build their career by, by following the leverage model and implementing the uh, opportunity model that we have. Well, go see your head when you see that, Kevin. What I, first of all, simplicity. Um, I also, I also like that, the, or I should say the other thing that goes through my head here um, is that I think naturally what we want besides money and to increase my, my rate per hour is the ability to know that there is something next what you know we could go there is something next right there's a next rung if you will and i think just naturally as human beings psychologically we look for that so from number one from a business standpoint it's very strategic and very intelligent but number two i also know that you do it because you care like if you didn't care it would be a lot some of the other business models you and i have talked about over time um so I, th I love what goes through my head is simplicity. I love that. It's got to be simple. I'm not that smart. I got to be able to follow it on a chart like that. Number two is um, it's great. People love it. Psycholo psychology, psychologically, it's, it's where we want that. It's ingrained in us. And three, and most importantly, is I do just because I know you, I know it's, I know that you care, like you, you totally care. Um, I, and I think Ben just asked a question. So for anybody who's not reading the chat, um, I'm going to read it. 
is what are your takeaways today or big questions? And Ben, what I want to say, my takeaway is, uh, is the simplicity in which you run this business, which listen, if we got into the financials, I know, cause you, dude, you shared so much with me over the years. I know that it's highly complicated. You run it from a, such a simplistic standpoint that you've allowed it to get as big as it is, which brings the complication, if you will, don't, you know, focus on that. When you focus the focus on the very simple models and systems that you put into place, that's what I appreciate. And that's the thing that always brings me back to, to why I ask you so many damn questions, which I'm thankful you're always willing to, uh, to respond to for me. Yeah. Thanks for that. You know, you, you, you kind of pinpointed an important piece of my world is simplicity. I want uh, simplicity to create action. We tend to complicate things to justify our action. I need to have this. I need a big spreadsheet. I need a gigantic org chart. I need to buy all these different things. As soon as I do that, then I'm going to do this. As soon as I buy my Peloton, then I'm going to start getting healthy. As soon as I, it's always like as soon as, and we come up with all these things uh, that stop us from taking action today. And I'd rather be a guy that took action today, even if it was in the wrong direction, at least I was taking action. I was making movement. It's the lack of movement that, that causes us uh, so much, so much harm. I'll share two other models with you real quick, Kevin. One, a technology model uh, that you asked me to share and two, a financial model that somebody in chat talked about with, um, with wealth building or money. Does that seem fair? Yes. Okay. So uh, I don't want to go too far into our technology, but I want you to, I want you to see one piece. So I founded a company called Brivity and Brivity is a CRM, a transaction management, we build websites, seller sites, listen alerts, market reports, CMA tools, design centers, marketing things, all those things are combined. But look at this drawing, Kevin. It's, it's a roadmap into how agents need technology. It doesn't even have to be my technology. But if you look at the left-hand side, we help people identify where they're going to find their customers. Behind a mailbox, be, behind a phone, behind a social media site, behind search engines. We help them figure out where they're going to find their next client or their next lead. Now, once you find those people, you have to say the right things to them. So how do we help you craft the right calls, the actions, the right leads, the right images that will get people to go from all those places, their mailbox, their phone, their social sites, their search engines, whatever, into visiting one of the tools that captures leads, your IDX websites, seller websites, home valuation websites, text call capture from your first sale signs, your mobile app, your open house apps so that we can funnel everybody into a single CRM. One of the biggest problems with agents is they have 15 different tools and none of them communicate, none of them connect. And it's and they get 15 separate bills and it's frustrating. What if you could have all your technology in one place and everybody came into the same CRM that you nurtured buyers with listing alerts and sellers with market reports until the buyers raise their hand and want to do a consult and write an offer and then you manage the transaction in the same system. Or a seller, uh, lead, a potential home value lead, you nurture them with market reports with what's going on uh, in the market, active, pending, or solds that sent automatically every month until they raise their hand and say, I'd sell my house if I could get as much as my neighbor, to which you market their listing through through the same technology. And then you uh, uh, manage the pending transaction, the listing, the same transaction, the same software until they become a sold. When they're a sold, they stay in your CRM and you nurture them until they give referrals or uh, uh, do repeat business. Everything in one piece. That is the technology that we built it's not a brevity sales pitch uh, or kind of a brevity sales pitch. It's, but what it is, is what is your technology model and your technology plan that takes people from the left-hand side of this image to the right-hand side of the image? It doesn't have to be my tech, but you need to have tech that addresses each one of these different, different buckets. Does that kind of make sense? It makes a ton of sense to me. The future of uh, marketing, in my mind, um, product that we built called Brevity uh, Connect, where we dynamically and automatically create ads for every one of your listings, actives, pending, solds, uh, home value ads, geo-targeted ads, ads for your sphere. And we target them in such a way that when they first search for real estate on your website, Kevin, and they leave, I show them similar properties across Facebook and other sites so that they continue to do search without having to be on your website. And every time they look at a new property, I adjust the type of properties that I show them. When they leave those types of platforms and they go to CNN or Nordstrom's or, or Fox News or Wall Street Journal or Cabela's or wherever, right? They're inside their game app on their phone. They're seeing a banner ad from, from Kevin Kaufman 
that knows if they're buying or selling and says, hey, if you're looking to sell, there's nobody better than Kevin. And if you're looking to buy, there's nobody better than, than, than Fred. And then it shows these different ads. At the end of the day, people say, I can't get away from you. You must spend a bajillion dollars on marketing because I see your stuff everywhere. What we're really doing is generating the lead and then doubling down our marketing efforts to generate to turn that initial lead into a customer. And you get a lot of engagement when you do this instead of agents just buying a ton of leads and none of those leads turn into closings because the leads forgot what website on they're on or what are they doing. I think if you think about the future of technology, this sort of platform is the future of connecting leads to your brand no matter where they go. It's like giving them a, a, a group 4610 tattoo that they have to look at every single day, no matter where they're at. So you got to have a technology model and a technology plan, no matter whose tech you use, it doesn't really matter, but you got to have these things in place. I dude, I, yes. I'm just gonna say, yeah, totally agree. Love that. Um, do we have time for a couple more questions? Sure. Um, Daniel, Daniel Dixon. What's up, buddy? Uh, if you guys don't know each other, you should. Daniel's a stud. Um, and Daniel asks, is there a place where we could take a look at the Sphere and Gear game plan? Is that something you publish? Yeah, I think it's actually on YouTube. You go to youtube.com forward slash Ben Kenny. My listing presentation there. My uh, Sphere and Gear program is there. My, like everything's there, um, real estate wise. And then uh, if you're looking for leadership lessons or wealth building lessons, those are all on the When They Get podcast that you guys can all check out if you're super bored. Awesome. So uh, actually, this would actually answer a couple of other questions, which is youtube.com forward slash Ben Kinney. Yeah. So there's, there's probably scripts there. There are models there, things, things like that, that we could go and put into place in our business. Um, this is a great question, Wes. What's the one thing you want to re be remembered by, Ben? Wes, that is such a great question. I decided that I was going to make the mission of our company to win, make, and give. And what I mean is, is I want to help people be number one at whatever they want to be number one at. That's winning. And two, because I know if they do that, they're going to make a lot of money. And I want them to be wealthy because wealthy is the ability to do what you want, when you want, with who you want. It's freedom. And we all deserve the, the right and the opportunity to be free, free of pressure and stress and, and free from having to show up to work tomorrow or having to show up for that job or to work for that place. We all deserve freedom. In order to do that, you have to do the right things with your money. Now, when you help the right people make a lot of money, they do good things with the money. And by that, they, um, they give a lot away to the communities and causes they care about. So if I could be remembered for anything is I want to be remembered as somebody that helped people become millionaires and those millionaires gave millions away to the things they care about. Now, if you want to give millions away to the things I care about, I particularly care about um, solving hunger for children and solving homelessness for parents. Because if we don't solve those two things, it's going to be a cycle that happens the next generation when those kids have kids. And the only way to solve homelessness and hunger and abuse and sexual assault and those sort of things is stopping this generational cycle of these problems happening. And it's going to take a lot of money to do that. In my community, we've created a place called A Place for Dads, where we help homeless fathers, uh, and they could have a spouse, or, but they could be a, a solo dad, uh, find temporary housing for six months, nine months, a year, 18 months so they can get back on their feet and still keep their kids in, in, in their custody. Now, if a mom is not, not around uh, and the dads by themselves, the dads can't bring their kids into homeless shelters. It's, too, it's unsafe for the place to be. And most of the shelters out there for people with children are for women with children and because that's 80%, 90% of the need, but they don't allow men in there because these women are coming from assault and abuse and sexual things and all that kind of, it's horrible. But there's no place for dads like my dad who who um who had to raise me by himself to go if if you're hungry or homeless so in my market that's what i'm doing and i want to be remembered for helping solve hunger and homelessness in my community it's awesome dude appreciate you sharing that last two questions um one is from Susie, uh and then one is mine that i'm gonna that i'm gonna squeeze in before we sign off um Ben, what book are you reading here, fourth quarter, uh, that you believe could help you change your 2021 or improve your 2021? However you wanna, however you wanna view that. 
Oh, wow. Um, I've read almost 50 something books in, in 2020. Um, so it's really hard for me to pick one right now, but I could give you a couple. Uh, Character and Greatness of Winston Churchill. Uh, it's, it's a phenomenal book, especially if you like history and you like studying leadership. I don't think we need to read more leadership books. I think we need to study more great leaders. And I think this is a phenomenal one. Um, the Simple Path to Wealth is a great book for helping you understand index funds and investing. That was a great read for me this year. I reread the um, uh, Enlightened Gardener and the, um, the Untethered Soul. Is that right? Yeah, uh, Untethered Soul, yeah. Uh, a couple times in the last few years. Uh, what else is sitting right in front of me right now? Can I add one in when you're yeah, done? Please. Average sucks. Very simple, easy read. Michael Burnoff wrote it. Oh this, yeah. This changed the game for me personally. Um, this yeah. year, it's the one. This is the one book. Every year, there's like one. Um, this is the one I could point to for sure this year, no doubt. Easy. Um, All done. Just got new uh, Ryan Holiday's new book, The Lives of the Stoics, um, but I haven't cracked it yet. And then uh, I just finished reading on my flight back from Arizona uh, post-corona, talking about what's going on, what we should expect in 2021. And so those are all some of the things that popped in my mind. Um, John, that's, that has nothing to do with the mic, man. My voice is just, just how I was born. I've got a face for radio, but fortunately it came with a voice for it. Um, last question, Ben, what is the one habit you have that's hard that most people would go, not doing that? That's hard, but you, for you, it's worth it. Yeah. I, the most life-changing thing that I've implemented in my world is what I call my daily plan. And my daily plan is a commitment to spend 15 minutes at night thinking about tomorrow. And during that 15 minute period, I cancel uh, everything on my calendar that's not important. Nearly 50% of all my appointments I get rid of. During that 15 minutes, I make a list of all my priorities of what's most important that I want to accomplish tomorrow. And I put them in the order. If I only did one thing, what would it be? I take a minute or two and I envision what would winning look like tomorrow? Not, not what would another busy day be? But if I got home and Kevin was at my house, I said, Kevin, I freaking killed it today. And I gave Kevin a high five. He said, whoa, what happened? I said, I won. I won today, Kevin. This is what winning would look like. Uh, fourth, I plan my rituals, not like cutting the head off a chicken or nothing. Like I, I plan, what am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? What am I going to read and listen to? What exercise am I going to get? And when am I going to take my, my breaks? And those are all elements of what I call my daily plan. It takes five, 10 minutes at night to do, and sometimes 15 minutes if you put a little bit more time and energy, but it allows tomorrow to be awesome. And if you ever have days where that day was not awesome, most likely it's because you didn't plan it. So I would highly, there's a podcast on our Women Give podcast called The Daily Plan. Listen to that and give it a month. At the end of a month, if you aren't the most productive and the most happy and in the best position that you've ever been, man, I'll, I don't know, I'll send you a bunch of cash or something because it's impossible. Best habit, Kevin, giving myself 15 minutes the night before and one hour the next day that I commit to working on my most important thing. Those two things change my world. That's awesome, dude. Uh, and that you heard that guys, Ben will give you back your money. If you download that podcast episode and listen to it and hate it, he'll give you back your money for, for that download, dude. Thank you very much. Uh, if anybody who wants to learn more, um, about you, your team wants to follow you on the socials, where do, where do people go, dude? You know, I'm for like pretty, the three people that don't know. I'm, I'm a pretty simple guy, as you guys will know. And I try to do two things, work hard and be kind. So I just put my cell phone number in chat. If you guys ever need anything personally or professionally, uh, I'm always here. I'm always a text away. Ask a bunch of people on chat that text me on a regular basis if I can uh, ever help or do anything I would. But Facebook message, LinkedIn, any of that kind of stuff. If you're looking for technology, go to Brivity. Looking for a podcast, check out our podcast. Uh, if you're looking for a hug, uh, go to Kevin. I don't like being touched. I can confirm that. It's kind of weird. Um, it's actually super weird. John messaged me, uh, and I'll answer that question about the mic and stuff guys. Thanks for your time, Ben. I appreciate it, dude guys. I'm what I want you to hear real quick. Um, Ben 
spent 15 minutes last night, or maybe it was only 10, and he thought about what he could cancel today, and he didn't. And here's, here's what I know. I know that he didn't do it, not because of his relationship with me, but because he cares about agents, and he cares about giving to this community, no matter who you are, where you're from, because if he does that, then what he wants to be remembered for those things, they all actually have a better chance of happening. So Ben, thanks a lot, dude. I appreciate you. Love you, brother. And uh, we'll talk to y'all soon. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks, guys. See you. Hey, it's Kevin and Fred. Do you have a referral for us here in Phoenix? There are 30,000 agents here that you can send them to. Why us? Well, for one thing, we'll keep you updated and you'll never have to track down your commission. We'll also make you look really good to your client. And best of all, it helps us keep all this content free. So go to kevinandfred.com slash referral to make the introduction. We'll take great care of them. Did you enjoy today's podcast? Join the Kevin and Fred community, part of eXp Realty and partner with us today. You'll get free access to live trainings two or more times a month, live events and in-person masterminds, digital downloads to help you run and scale your business, and much, much more. To learn more and join our community, visit kevinandfred.com slash contact and contact us today. Not ready to join our community? No problem. Continue enjoying all this great content on our podcast for free.